Coming to you live from Browns headquarters in Berea, Ohio, this is Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Brought to you by Jack, the official entertainment partner of the Cleveland Browns. Here are your hosts, Paul Bishop and Nathan Zagura. Well, it is draft day, kids. Welcome into Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by Jack, the official entertainment partner of your Cleveland Browns. Bo Bishop, Nathan Skura with you the next couple of hours as we get you set for draft day. And we're loaded and locked to be able to do so. Dan Graziano, ESPN, going to join us coming up at 1.15. Trey Wingo at 2 o'clock. He will host it tonight in what will be a draft broadcast unlike anything we have seen before. So we will have that to look forward to which is nice and then our buddy Benjamin Albright will join us coming up at 2.30 for all of the rumor and innuendo and there is a lot of it going on right now around the National Football League as we are getting set for a draft the likes of which we have never seen before a virtual draft if you will that is set up the Browns picking at 10 right now but rumor running wild in terms of of who could be available if you are trading down and the places that could be interested there are rumors at the top it's hard to know what to believe my advice to you is to believe very little of it is that there is a lot of smoke out there and it's hard to sift through what is true and what is not going to be a fun day to say the least uh here on clear the browns daily and throughout the evening here with the Browns. Is the Z in the mix? Dr. Oh, Z. I am in the mix indeed. You know, we're trying out new headsets, but they weren't producing the output that this great stick mic here is is producing. So I'm going to pretend I'm on Monday Night Raw getting ready for the draft. You know, a little there you uh, go. A Michael Buffer and, you know, welcome everybody in. Let's get ready to draft. So let's go. I'm fired up. It's a big day, obviously, in the NFL. It's a big day for the Browns. Uh, lots of rumors. I mean, I'm seeing... I'm seeing the Browns trade back in a mock I just saw where they trade back to 15 and still get Dosunos. All I could tweet out Good was, Lord. hold me, hold me, hold me, make it so. <laughs> so it's going to be a fun day to see how this, this shakes out. We've got all the Trent Williams rumors out there, and it seems yeah. that, you know, by process of elimination from all the other spots that are denying they're actually in the Trent Williams sweepstakes that perhaps it's us and, and perhaps we can do it for uh, low compensation. And, and that would, that changes everything. Then now changes all everything. bets are off at, at 10, maybe a 10, you know, you're grabbing a receiver, maybe a 10 you're grabbing, you know, dosunos. I don't know, but there's a lot of options and a lot of opportunity. If, if you make a move like that. Yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of angles to this thing going today, and it was interesting when you, when you, as I woke up this morning and I was kind of looking at what was going on out there on the Twitter sphere and on the rumor sphere, and you, you, I saw all the stuff with Trent Williams, of course, and uh, us being one of four teams interested in him, and that's something that goes back to the John Dorsey regime in terms of trying to acquire Trent Williams, and, and maybe that's something that can, can get done now. Uh, I also saw John Clayton say uh, last night that the, the Browns are one of three teams, along with Seattle and Tennessee, and on Jadavian Clowney still. And so that that's something uh, that potentially still could be out there as well. So there are a lot of things that can happen here. Go ahead on Clowney. Yeah, so I heard that his asking price now is down into the, the $13, $14 million range is one of the rumors that's going out there. The market just wasn't there. And then that makes you have to think if you're the Cleveland Browns, is that a number that's palatable? Because, by the way, it's yes. currently less than you're slated to pay Olivier Vernon. Absolutely. It's yeah, of course it's palpable. I agree with you. Yeah, that that is a that's a pretty big game changer. And and now if you were now can you do them both? Could you do both 
Trent Williams and Clowney and still have – because we would be at, what, 39 in cap space? Is that where we are? Provided right. there would be a cut of Olivier Vernon, correct? Yes. No, we're at 39 now. If you oh, now we are. Vernon okay. and Clowney would basically be a wash. You might even wash. save some money. You might save a million or two, and then obviously Trent Williams comes in. And yeah, that would be that would be a big salary, but you'd still have 20-plus in cap room. Yeah. Oh, there you go. So you, you, you could do both. I wasn't sure on the cap numbers. Absolutely. I've seen, I've seen some different cap numbers. I saw us at 39, which is what I, I always was under the impression we were. And then this morning I saw somebody had us at 29, and I didn't know what that represented. So um, it, it's hard to know. But that th- those things are, are circulating now. And I, I will tell you that, as a, that there are a few things I love more than the draft as a kid. A few things. Uh, this was a holiday for me, the NBA draft. Same. I mean, I just adored it. I would hunker in. We'd watch it, grab, order pizza, and just dial in for the draft and watch it. And, and what I've come to realize is that, is that I am probably more excited for this one than anyone because I am so starved for sports that I do not know the result in. Uh, it's been so long. It's been since the Rudy Gobert Wednesday night in March that we've had a sporting event that we didn't know the result of take place in this country. Uh, there were a couple of conference championship games at next Thursday, but sports has been done since the second week of March, man. It was um, the Wednesday so, that so I landed. Weird. That's right. In Mexico. So you're just March you're starving. You're starving for some sort of sports content. So the draft is enormous anyway. It's a loaded draft. You add to that that we are after the Lions, which I think are the first real spot where the draft starts. We're right at, at the fulcrum of the second part where the draft starts between us and Jacksonville, maybe even Arizona in terms of trades or staying. And, and depending on what happens, it is a juiced up draft, buddy. It really is. It, it's going to be a lot of fun. They, I think people are expecting a lot of movement. They are not talking about, you know, the, the technological issues or, or lack thereof are, are going to cause any problems in terms of that. I think there expects to be a lot of movement. Yeah, it's a loaded draft. It's going to be interesting. There are tons of first-round grades. We've heard people say there are more than 32 first-round grades on players for some teams in this draft, which is usually unheard of. Um, it's going to be a fun one, and I think you're right. I think the Jags and us are big trade back points, um, and it'll be interesting yeah. to see who people covet that they come up to get. Uh, I don't know if it's smoke, but all this talk about you know Dosuno's moving down. I've also seen Dosuno's go in mock drafts today. I've seen him go third, and I've seen him go fourth. So it's, it is wide open. It is going to be fun. I can't wait for the speculation to be over. We're about seven hours away from it becoming real and people having to say, okay, the smoke is cleared. We're going to push away all that smoke, all the smoke screens, and we're going to see what's what, who's taking who, and how this is all going to unfold. Yeah, and I, 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 this is such fun, but it's, it's funny. I saw there's, there's a minute – it's about a minute 45 clip that's going around Twitter this morning of, um, of NFL experts and, and people who are brilliant at this job – and it's over the last 20 years, just cold takes exposed one after the another. And, and you, there, there's video of, of Mort saying that, that the, the uh, Washington Redskins, they get their Troy Aikman, they draft Heath Schuler, they get their guy, that's what they wanted. There's video of Kuyper saying Jamarcus Russell will be the best quarterback in the NFL, one of the five best quarterbacks in the NFL within five years. There's, there's video of Gruden saying the Texans should, go, should at number one take Johnny Manziel. Uh, there's video of Joe Theismann saying you got to take Rick Meyer because it will help the Patriots sell season tickets to the Irish Catholic people in the Boston area. All this is circulating, and the, the, the incredible swing of emotion that can come here 
and the 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 reality is, my friend, nobody knows anything. Nope. And and we 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 formulate opinions, um, and you do the best you can. But in terms of what is known, there ain't much. You get a lot of these things wrong. You get a lot right, but there's a lot to get wrong in these things. Of course, because it's so much more than just about what these guys look like on tape and and what these guys have done in college. It's a lot about the person. I mean, I'll go back through a guy that came into our system. Justin Gilbert had everything that you needed to be an elite cornerback in the NFL forever. Size, speed, instincts, ability to change direction, all of it. But he just didn't have it inside or, or up here to be a pro and do what he needed to be to, to excel at this level. And so you see guys with immense talent flame out all the time. You see guys that are able to maximize their talent come from the later rounds and do well. There are tons of undrafted players in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So it, it's the yeah. most inexact science of all, which is why the people that are the smartest about it just say, look, I know I'm not. It's like baseball, honestly, and it's a perfect analogy. The best yeah. hitters in baseball – Get hit three out of every 10 times. That's 300. 300 batting average means you yep. are an elite hitter in baseball. That's what the draft is. I mean, the percentages, you need to be better. The, the odds are the top players are going to come in the first, second, maybe even into the third round. That's where you've got to really identify. But the truth is the best way to increase your chances of success in any given draft to bring in four quality players per draft, which I think is a great target, is to have more than seven picks. It's to sure. have... It's to increase the number of picks and especially the quality of those picks. I would much rather have a draft where I had two ones or a one, two twos, two threes, two fours, no five, six, or seven than a draft where I had, you know, three fives, three sixes, three sevens, and one in those other rounds. Give me the best shot at the spot where I think I have the best chance for success. Get a lot of swings. Get a lot of Get swings, lot which of is swings why, yeah. which is why trading, if, People always say, you know, you could go back and look at all these drafts. There's tons of guys that go in the top 10 that don't end up having success. And I know a lot of people say, hey, well, if you pass on a top 10 talent, you're going to be facing a top 10 talent. And that may be true. But at the same time, what you want to do is get as many quality players as you can into your organization. And they come from everywhere in the draft. Tom Brady, sixth round. Richard Sherman, fifth round. You just have to be get lucky sometimes, honestly, and find those guys that are able to get more out of themselves than perhaps you thought. And also, just give yourself opportunity. It's an opportunity is the name of the game, I think, in the in the NFL draft. And hopefully, that's what the Browns are going to end up having. They've got already, as I'd say, four picks in the first three rounds as we sit here right now. And it'll be interesting. I mean, even with Dane yesterday, you know, when you present, hey, Dane, you can have your favorite tackle in this draft class, yeah. or you can have another tackle that you like a lot, plus another second rounder, plus an earlier third rounder. What do you do? He said, well... Yeah, three players is typically, if, if I'm good at this, three players is going to be better than one for me, no matter how much I like it. And yeah. by the way, he knows every team in the NFL has a different tackle at the top of their board. So this is as inexact as it gets amongst those that are supposed to know it the best. Yeah, yeah, and especially at that position. It's, it's amazing that we've come to no consensus at all at the position. We really haven't um, over the course. We've had all these weeks and months we've been talking tackles and there's no consensus in terms of, of who is the best and which is the best way to go about this. Uh, what we do know is that we are set up for an absolutely fun day in the National Football League. Uh, those were the OBM hot topics. Ohio Business Machines, preferred copier provider, your Cleveland Browns of all the X's and O's for your office. Call 216-485-2000 or visit Ohio Business Machines today. Also, get educated on the draft before it starts. Log on to clevelandbrowns.com 
NFL.com slash media slash podcast. Go back and listen to the best breakdowns of the NFL draft on CBD, including Dane Brugler, Daniel Jeremiah, Dan Shaka, Kyle Krabs, Matt Waldman, and more. Log on to YouTube.com slash Brown. Check out all the episodes of the best podcast available. Get the top five players at each position, our mock drafts, and more. And log on to ClevelandBrowns.com slash video to get our road to the draft position breakdowns driven by Serpentini Chevrolet. Yes. We are absolutely loaded. Go ahead, Z, real quick. Yeah, and on that last, the road to the draft series that we did, we looked at some of the key positions. This last one we did yesterday looks at all the possible scenarios. I think it's a great, great one to check out if you're a Browns fan. Ten minutes, we go through, all right, if these tackles are there at ten, all right, do we take a tackle ten? If we trade back, what that looks like. If we end up going a different position in the first round, what that looks like. All the different scenarios that really could unfold for the Browns, ten and 41, and the maneuvering around those two picks to get the desired outcome here in this draft. So I think that's that's a great one. I would really recommend it to everybody. And there you have it. All right, coming up next, our great friend Dan Graziano, ESPN NFL Insider, will join us off and running on a draft day Thursday edition, CBD 850 ESPN Cleveland. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. It is happening tonight, Browns fans. Before the draft start, the Browns inviting fans to join the first ever Browns virtual draft party presented by Bud Light Seltzer. The interactive live show hosted by Nathan Zagurd starts yes. at 6. Broadcast for fans on the Browns YouTube channel, Facebook page, Twitter. Viewers will get to hear the latest draft news from Teen Over, J.W. Johnson, head coach Kevin Stefanski, and Athletics Dane Brugler. Watch interviews with a number of celebrity guests as well, including Joe Thomas, Brad Paisley. Register right now for the first ever Browns virtual draft party presented by Bud Light Seltzer at clevelandbrowns.com. And with that, we head out on the hotline. Our great friend Dan Graziano joining us, ESPN NFL Insider. We thank you so much for taking the time. Let's jump right to it, and let's just go with the idea of – I have a, of a theory here, Dan, about misinformation and there being a lot of it out there. Of course, that happens always this time of year, but it seems like there's even more now. Specifically, I don't believe anything that's coming out of Miami. Uh, how are you able to, to separate fact from fiction now? Is it more difficult than before in that the league hasn't been around each other since the Combine? No, my week's about the same. I mean, I'd be doing it by phone anyway. Um, you know, I, I think it's you lean on the people you trust. It's like anything else. But in this in this exercise in the draft, the people you uh, you know kind of aren't able to help you as much as they normally would. So it's tough. Um, you have to you have to remember that almost everything you hear is is kind of informed speculation at best. Um, and you just kind of go with, uh, you know, I mean, everything that, that the public hears from us. And you just kind of go with your best stuff. I mean, I'd love to be able to, like, one of the teams they gave me uh, to cover was the Lions. I'd love to be able to tell you who the Lions are going to take. But I don't know. I, I think I have an idea of who they like. But um, they haven't told me exactly who their pick will be at three, assuming one and two go the way we think. So you just, uh, it's, a, it's a case where, as a reporter, you just want to make sure your audience is, prepared for whatever happens that's the best you can do is is sort of educate and inform about the process and here's what uh, here's the way it's leaning or here's the way it might go do you think the lions are going to make their pick at number three at this point i do they'd love to trade down just a couple of spots just to add a pick and still get a, a guy they like but so far i don't think those trade talks have gone anywhere obviously there's another what six and a half hours things could pick up uh, but uh, at this point, I, I think uh, the most likely scenario, I know the Lions and Giants both want to trade back. I think the most likely scenario is they're stuck where they are because it doesn't seem like 
the teams that need quarterback are going to be in a rush to climb up to get one. Now, if that changes, if, if the Jaguars get in the quarterback mix or the Raiders, and all of a sudden you gotta you got to maneuver to get a quarterback, then that's what the Lions and Giants are hoping for. But at this point, my understanding is um, it hasn't been there hasn't been anything that, that looks like it'll lead to a trade at this point. Dan, one of the most fascinating things over the last six weeks or so coming out of the, the draft has been the kind of the company line out of Miami. At the Combine, it was very clearly that they were linked with Tua. And then it became, no, no, it's Herbert. And then it became, well, there's it could be they're all in on Joe Burrow. And then just two days ago, it was they're trading up everything to move up two spots to take a tackle. And I'm going, wait, they're moving up two spots to take a tackle and a tackle-loaded draft? I tended to think yeah. it was all nonsense and that they want to take Tua Tungavailoa at number five and this tries to prevent some smoke of anybody else going up there to get him at, at three or four. Where do you sit on what the Dolphins are thinking? Yeah, you could be absolutely right. I mean, you, could, I mean, you, might, you might have hit it on the head in terms of, Smoke screens, nonsense, whatever you want to call it. And some of it is. I mean, to trade up from five to three to take a tackle doesn't make any sense. I mean, why are you going to spend two picks on your tackle? But, um, look, I think, there are, I think there are legitimate concerns teams have about Tua Tonga-Vailoa and long-term durability. And if the Dolphins are one of those teams, then they could go with Herbert or they could go with a tackle and try and get Jordan Love later in the round. I know that they have expressed interest in moving up to one and, and picking Joe Burrow. I think that would be their ideal scenario. But so far, with six and a half hours to go, no indication whatsoever that the Bengals are interested in moving that pick. So that's their top choice gone. So now they have to figure out, do they go with Tua and take the risk? Do they go with Herbert, who may not have the same kind of uh, ceiling as a prospect as Tua, but may offer less risk? And then, um, or again, we've heard them connected lately with Love, but I think it would be pretty risky for them to go tackle at five and then think they can – and assume that they can get love later. They're not picking it again until 18. They have two picks later in the first round, so they could move up, back up to get it. But if I'm the Dolphins and I'm taking a tackle at five, got to already be back in the top ten, right? Like I have, I have to be using those, those other two first-round picks to get me back to eight or nine or ten because otherwise I'm, I'm afraid that the quarterback I want, all the quarterbacks I might have wanted are going to be gone. It is going to be interesting. Dan Graziano from ESPN, our guest right now. Dan, I got to ask you this from, from just we'll take a step back from the draft because it's related to it. All this talk right now, you're hearing Clowney's name out there, Trent Williams' name's out there. We know the Jags want to move in Gakwe. Trades like that absolutely could impact what happens in the draft. What are you hearing about some of those big names? I know there's a lot of rumors. Some of them clearly linked to the Cleveland Browns. Are you expecting anything to happen on any of those fronts? Uh, I think the, I think Washington will move Trent Williams at some point during this draft, if not right before, because um, I just don't know what they're going to get. Like, I don't think Washington's going to get a first or second round pick for him. Uh, Cleveland has obviously been connected there. Um, the extent to which they have a, they have a chance or a better chance than others, uh, I can't really say at this point. But I, I think he's a guy that they have to move, and they know it, and everybody else knows it. So. That makes sense. The other guys, you talk about like Yannick Ngakwe and, and Matt Judon, Chris Jones, and franchise players that don't have long-term contracts with their team. And you look back to last year, right before the draft, Seattle trades Frank Clark to Kansas City. He signs his franchise tender. They trade him. He gets a deal done with Kansas City. That's going to be tough to, um, to pull off this year because you can't give the guy a physical, right? So you, you, he has to – let's say Ngakwe wants to get traded, which he obviously does if anybody was on Twitter earlier this week. 
Um, <laughs> he has to sign this franchise tender. He's got to have a deal worked out, a long-term deal worked out with the team that's acquiring him. They have to work out compensation with the Jaguars. And then they have to get a physical done. But if you're giving up a first-round pick or a second-round pick, that pick's going to get made tonight or tomorrow. And then if some of projected that, if the guy fails the physical, now you've, already, you've traded a pick that's now already been made. How do you undo that trade? So I think it's tricky. I think it's going to be difficult for some of these guys to get moved. I think Williams might be an exception because – the compensation might not be more than a third or a fourth, and he's already signed. But, um, yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's going to be tricky. Dan, two guys, a lot of focus, obviously, on Joe Burrow, going to go number one overall probably to Cincinnati, it certainly seems. Two guys who went number one overall without jobs in Cam Newton and Jameis Winston. Obviously nothing prob- – uh, no smoke. Has there been any smoke the last couple of weeks with either one of those guys? No, and I think it's going to have to wait till after the draft when teams uh, evaluate their quarterback situations. Um, and and figure out if they have a need there. You know, Cam Newton is a case where you've you've got to get um, you've got to get your your doctors to examine him. He's coming off a foot injury that cost him basically the whole season. You have to know how that is. I mean, if you're signing Cam Newton, you got to know if it's if it's Cam Newton or some sort of diminished version. Like if he can't run anymore, what are you signing? And so I think that's going to probably take a while. Because of that. Um, he probably waits. Jameis Winston, I think, you know, somebody will sign him, but it may be that teams want to come out of the draft and see what their quarterback room looks like and how he fits in it. And so for that reason, we haven't heard any buzz on either of those guys the last couple of weeks. I would expect after the draft, you might start to hear someone Winston, whereas Cam might take a little longer for the medical reasons. Dan, when you think about this draft from the Browns' perspective, there's been a lot of speculation there. They are one of the spots, along with Jacksonville at nine, for a trade-back scenario. A lot of people saying they're interested in tackle. Some people think if Isaiah Simmons is there, that's where the Browns go. Uh, Andrew Barry in a pretty good spot there in terms of all of that. How do you kind of see this top ten shaking out in terms of these tackles? And I'll give you another name, Isaiah Simmons, because it seems like all of a sudden people are talking about him falling, but you still see people projecting him in the top five. You know, It's going to be a a wacky – top 10 so how do you kind of see in that mix the tackles and Simmons everybody's got the tackles ranked differently right if you look at that group of four um Wills from Alabama Beckham from Louisville Wirfs from Iowa Andrew Thomas from Georgia I think people sort of agree that's the four but in what order and um I I mean everybody everybody everyone's mock for a month has had a tackle to the Browns at at 10 right I mean like that seems like the, the worst kept secret but what if, like, all four are gone, right? What if the Giants, Dolphins, Chargers, and, and um, Cardinals all take tackles? And now you're sitting there and you got to drop down. Like, do you, is, is Ezra Cleveland from Boise State worth a 10-pick? Do you trade down at that point? Do you look to fill another need and maybe find that left tackle in the next round? Do you, do you trade for Trent Williams? So the, the, I think that'll be interesting. I think people think a lot of tackles are going to go in the first round tonight. And um, – it's a position of need a lot of places. It's a position where people feel good about investing a first-round pick because it's a long-term uh, need for everyone. So uh, I, I think the order in which they go off the board will be worth watching, and then the speed. Because if you're Cleveland sitting at 10 thinking you're going to get one, and all of a sudden some teams take one that you didn't expect, you may be in a position where you need to maybe slide up a couple of spots to get the guy you want. In terms of Simmons, you know, the evaluations differ, right? Some people will tell you he's a safety. Some people will tell you he's a – off-ball linebacker that can you know you can use in blitz packages and I think if there's a team in the top five six seven that views him as a 
a guy that can excel and help you even right away close to the line of scrimmage, like as a weak side linebacker that can blitz and also cover a tight end. I think he has a chance to go high because I think if that's something he could do right away and then develop the other parts of his game and you have a creative defensive coordinator who can come up with ways to use him and get the best out of him, he's got immense talent in a number of different areas. I know the Lions have looked at him. I know the Giants have looked at him. I would think he doesn't get past the Panthers at seven. But, um, you know, I think, I think it's interesting. If you're a team that sees him as a safety and, and just a safety, although a very good one, you're probably not as inclined to draft him high as if you're a team that sees him as a, you know, a, a, a more of an asset closer to the line of scrimmage, as some teams do. Dan, your time is precious. We can't thank you enough for giving us a little bit of yours. And by the way, I saw you in Get Up this morning. The beard is spectacular. Just fantastic. <laughs> thank you very it much. It's always a pleasure, incredible. guys. All right. Take that's care. our great buddy, Dan Graziano, joining us. Did you see his beard today at Get Up? How great he looks, see? No mic for the Z. You're sorting things out. I mean, we're here. We're doing a show. Can we do this after? In between one of your other six jobs you do? This is the primary, Z. This is the primary job. Is this job. All right? Can I have a little focus from you? Final mantra. That's what I'm doing. That is literally what there I'm doing. There he is, finally. To try finally, to do this show finally. even better. You were supposed to There's throw it to mic. break right there so that we can no, get this going right chat. in the break. That's we want to have a chat. Do. I want to have a little chat about the beard, a little levity That's for what the, the kids. We have symbols. That's what the symbol means. No, that was cut the interview symbol. Break. That means break. Not break. This no, is break. break. No. This break. is break. This is our symbol for break. We made this our symbol for break years ago. Years. 850 ESPN Cleveland. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Browns fans, Tide is offering free laundry service to the families of frontline responders. Visit hope.com slash tidecleaners.com. No, hope.tidecleaners.com to find a local and near location for you. Final back drafts are in. From the three guys I think you probably pay the most attention to on this, uh, in Dane Brugler, Dan Jeremiah, and Mel Kuyper, all getting those final mock drafts in. By the way, before we get to those, did you see – I did I did not know that, that Todd McShay was out. I, I wondered about that, and but he, he is out of the broadcast tonight due to uh, recovering from COVID-19. So that's uh, – that is something that I was – I don't know if I remember that happening. There's been so much, but uh, I, I can't remember that ever being public until right now, but you won't see him on the draft coverage. No, you won't see him on the draft coverage. And he, he made that public on his Twitter feed while we were interviewing Dan Graziano. So it was at that time that okay. I, I knew, but I didn't want to cut in to Dan and, and say that. But, yeah, that's when it became apparent that, you know, Todd McShay is battling uh, the coronavirus and will not be a part of the broadcast tonight, that, that triple cast on ESPN, NFL Network, and ABC. So – He's certainly also definitely one of the absolute best in the business. Yeah, absolutely so, and will be missed tremendously. I mean, he and Mel have kind of, you know, he's become a nice little yin and yang between the two of those guys uh, on the broadcast. All right, let's go over these mock drafts from the three guys we pay a lot of attention to, certainly, and uh, two are great friends of the program. You don't get a better friend of the program than Dane Brugler, and his final one is out. Uh, it goes Burrow, Young, Akuda, which is honestly what it was in December and January. It goes Wurfs to the Giants at four, Andrew Thomas to the Dolphins at five, Tua Tungavailoa to the Chargers at 6. Isaiah Simmons, 7 to the Panthers. Derek Brown to the Cardinals at 8. Javon Kinlaw to the Jaguars. And uh, Atlanta with a trade with us coming up to get C.J. Henderson, who they covet. Um, and so at that point, we would move down to 16, pick up another selection in day two, and take Ezra Cleveland out of Boise State. 
and I think that's something that a lot of people think is a realistic scenario for the Browns in this year's draft, to, to make a move like that, to trade back. And, and Dane said all along he thinks it would be the least surprising thing that could happen. We have seen a lot of people speculate that the Falcons want to move up. That is their target. We know Denver wants to move up. We also know that the Eagles want to move up. So I think there are a lot of potential trade partners for the Browns with that 10th pick that could yield, you know, another pick on early on day two. Yeah, it certainly could. Uh, he So he is uh, of the belief that the, that the Dolphins want the tackle uh, at five. Um, I, I just think it's two at five. I don't. I, I think, I, I, you know, I could be dead wrong. It's possible. Uh, but I just think all of this is nonsense, and this is in a position so that they can draft two and not have to give up assets to be able to do it. By the way, it's they have the least to, to, to be worried about with this, for crying out loud. They have three ones. If they miss on if, – if Tua takes a exactly. year, they could still get the tackle. They can still get a tackle at 18. They can still get a receiver in the 20s. There's just no reason for them to for, to, to be concerned. The risk is so much smaller for them than it is for most teams in this circumstance. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. It seems to make no sense. I don't know why you wouldn't do it. Uh, or if you if you don't want to take him there, that's what, to me, bring in Jameis and just load your roster up. I, I just the, Absolutely. It, it, I don't think you take the quarterback it. that you don't overthink it. Exactly right. That's exactly right. You tank for Tua. It's going to be Tua. fascinating. Right. That you tank for Tua. Thing. So you got you to follow Tua. through. You got to follow through with it. So now right. you can get him. This isn't hard. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah, one of the best in the business. We had him on yesterday. His final mock draft was unveiled last night at 9 o'clock. Um, and he had quite a few trades in this one. But, again, the top three remain the same. Burrow, Young, Akuda, Worfs to the Giants at four. Justin Herbert, five to the Dolphins. Tua Tagovailoa to the Chargers at six. Isaiah Simmons at seven to the Panthers. Jedrick Wills, eight to, Carol, uh, to Arizona, rather. Derek Brown to the Falcons at nine. And then Andrew Thomas to us at number 10 over Makai. Becton. Yeah, and again, a lot of people really like him. If, if you're following the tackles, Becton goes 11, Austin Jackson, and this goes 18, which is somebody yeah. he thinks is going to go earlier than people think. Um, and, and I found that to be interesting. Isaiah Wilson at 29, and I'm not sure if I missed it, but in this particular case, I, I don't believe that either Josh Jones or Ezra Cleveland no. go in Correct. the first round, which makes it, it, again, an interesting thing for the Browns to contemplate should they want to go a different direction at pick number 10. The other pick in this mock draft that just jumped right off the page and smacked me in the face was 14, Jerry Judy to the Bucks to give Tom Brady, Evans, Godwin, and Jerry Judy, and Gronk. I mean, that doesn't. there are only so many balls too in much. the passing game, right? Isn't that? <laughs> yeah, it's too much. It's too yeah. much. It's too much. Too much. Yeah, it's too much. Um, that, that would be... That would be quite terrifying offensively to try to deal with uh, all of the weapons that that team would have. Um, I'll, I'll tell you, So, and, and this one as well, did Danes have a, set, a third quarterback going? Because this one, Daniel Jeremiah's does not. It has Tungavailoa and Herbert going um, five, and, or, uh, yeah, five and six, and then not another one, uh, no, nobody else going, no other quarterbacks going in that first round. Um, and there have been some interesting ones. You've, you've heard, you know, even the Saints say, look, we wouldn't be scared to come up and take, they, we wouldn't be scared to take a quarterback in the first round. Uh, there's been some whispers around them and, and to a tongue of Iloa that if he were to somehow drop, that they would maybe be a team that would go up to get him. And that would probably be, if you're deciding the best possible positions for him, go there for a year behind Breeze. Breeze goes off to NBC, and then you step right in with that young offense, and away you go with the Saints. Um, and the other team to watch, I think, interesting is New England. And you just don't ever hear anything out of New England, and I don't know if they'd come get a quarterback or not. Who knows? Um, but I have seen, like, scenarios where 
Tua drops into the teens, and then New England comes up and gets him in there. Yeah, which would be, again, a, a fascinating outcome for all of this. It, it's the quarterbacks. It, yeah, it doesn't seem love who used to be a first round darling doesn't seem to be so anymore. And even if you look at the mocks from the tackle standpoint, there's a lot of variation and change in, in these with between Mel and between That's Daniel crazy. Jeremiah and all of these guys. I, I find it to be a very fascinating study and one that further proves to me that it seems like these people don't know what's actually going to be happening here in this draft. And I think that that's why tonight the drama of it, new sports, things we haven't seen is going to be very, very fun. I don't know that I've ever um, in from a positional standpoint, you can have the uh, incredible difference of opinion on, you know, two quarterbacks, you know, Wentz Goff, you know, we had go all the way back, Manning Leaf. Like, we've had these a lot in terms of trying to decide who's the right guy at a quarterback. Like, people have things they like in a quarterback. I've never seen it with four at one position that no. is this wild. I mean, we've had – we we have people who have Werfs number one and Becton four. We have Becton one. We have Thomas one, Wills one. They, and, and they've all been four. So, the, the tackle – and then we have, you know, we had Jeremiah on yesterday, and he said that he doesn't think um, – is it he doesn't think Thomas is the fourth? Was that his one that he Thomas didn't think was the fourth? Thomas is the fourth, yeah, and said it was he's even But it's a distant. Bit, distant fourth. Right. Yeah, he did say that. Right. And then that the next group with Jackson and Cleveland and Jones and those guys, how far is that gap? You know, is it is it as far as the difference between picking 10 and picking 16? Uh, is Becton at 10? What's the value on that versus Cleveland at 16, if that's the way that it goes? Just wide, wide discrepancy on the tackles. I think it makes this very difficult trying to project what's going to happen here. And I think from our vantage point, this is a situation where you're trying to make sense of guys that – you know, if you're if you're in the building, you can talk to our guys a little bit and say, hey, what are you thinking on, you know, these guys? But we haven't seen our guys in a long time. No. And neither is the rest of the NFL. No. So it's hard to know what anybody's thinking with these tackles. Yeah, this is as blind as I've I've flown into a draft relative to our, you know, what it looks like the Browns are going to be able to do. And I've had an opportunity to talk with Andrew Barry and, and as he should, not disclosing anything. Uh, and I think a lot of it's going to depend on all these other things surrounding it. But, yeah, you mentioned the tackles are so varied. I'm looking at Mel's now. Mel has Jordan Love going 19 to the Raiders, but back to the tackles. Jackson at 20 and Josh Jones at 26 and no Ezra Cleveland. Uh, Ezra Cleveland. So only Dane Brugler has Ezra Cleveland going in the first round. He has him going to us at 16. Nobody yeah. else has him going in the first round. All of them have Austin Jackson going in the first round and all yeah. in the top, you know, 25 picks in this draft. Yeah, that's right. And to, to finish up Mel's again, Burrow Young, although at three, he has Derek Brown going three instead of Akuda. Uh, and then Werfs four. All these guys have Werfs four to the Giants. That seems to be consistent. He's got two of five to Miami. He's got Herbert six to the Chargers. Isaiah Simmons seven to Carolina. All three have Simmons seven to Carolina. Uh, Jedrick Wills eight to the Cardinals. Jeff Akuda nine to the Jaguars. And Andrew Thomas to us at 10. So us choosing between Thomas and Becton at 10. Uh, we know where Joe Thomas would sit on that one, and it would be the other way. If Becton were available, it would be Becton over Thomas for, uh, for the Hoff. No, there's no question about it. And by the way, he also has the Buccaneers taking a receiver, Justin Jefferson. Boy, I, I don't know. I I don't know what you would need one for. They want a slot a slot receiver. Brady likes a slot receiver, so you'd have yeah, but can't Godwin you address and Evans that? out wide. 
I, I would think you could in this draft, and they need a tackle, but if the big four are gone, maybe they, they are not looking for a project. They're a team to me that would make a lot of sense in the Trent Williams sweepstakes, but they don't seem to be listed as being a player in the Trent Williams sweepstakes. When I saw you know the, stuff, the little bit of buzz last night around Williams, that's what I assumed, that it yeah. was them. I mean, when I saw the thing he put on Instagram, I assumed, well, he's going to go to the Bucks. I mean, they need a tackle. Uh, you know he'd be excited to play there and play with Brady and Gronk and all of that. You know, go chase a Super Bowl. Sure. Uh, it seemed to make all the sense in the world, and yet uh, that doesn't seem to be the case. It does not. It, it's going to be – like I said, that's why it's so fun. This is one where I feel the speculation that is running rampant is all over the map, and, and we'll finally get answers. You know, you get answers to the questions tonight in real time, and that's going to be fun to see because this is one where I think – not just where I said I'm, you know, was flying as blind as I've ever heard with a Browns draft – I think a lot of people around the league are flying as blind as they can yes. and are very much aware that a lot of the stuff they're being told is not necessarily true information. And that's just a part of what they have to deal with uh, in this draft process and what they always have to deal with in these draft processes. But it's, it's certainly a, uh, it's a, it's going to be a real fun one. I really, I can't wait because normally they would say, Oh, well the drama doesn't start till this point in the draft. You're going to have drama right after chase young's name is announced at number yes. two. And then it's on. Yeah. Two huge pressure points. Young, the, the, the Lions pick at three, and us and the Jaguars at 9-10. Those are the two pressure points. And I've even seen that both Carolina and Arizona are interested in moving out if somebody wants to come up and get a tackle there. And by the way, please do it. Please do it. Because if they move out of seven, then I think that gives a real chance for Dosunos ending up available at 10 which is what I'm hoping for. Steve Palazzolo of uh, Pro Football Focus with a great tweet this morning. Uh, it was, I think it was Rapport said, there's big problems in the league about where to play Isaiah Simmons, and Palazzolo said defense. What did I say? On the field. Just get him on the on field. On the field. Yeah, that's Duh. it. He's fine. Don't worry about it. He'll play on the field. If you can't, as a coach, figure out how to use that guy, you should not be coaching in the NFL. No, yeah, this is. I don't think it's that hard. He's a football player. He plays defense. It's football. it's really that simple. I forgot who we had on who said what position Avenger, but that's Avenger. I think it was Ledyard. I think it was. Yeah, that's that's exactly it. That's exactly who he is. Uh, much more to come on this. Trey Wingo going to join us at the top of the hour. He will be hosting all of this. CBD eight fifty ESPN Cleveland. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on eight fifty ESPN Cleveland. My friends, I talk about my friend Alex and his company, Northeast Factory Direct, all of the time. My wife's family in the furniture business, 97 years, is something I know a little bit about. Uh, and the way that the business has to evolve, and one of the ways it has dramatically is shopping online. And right now, more and more of you are buying furniture online on their site. So when you're making a purchase online at northeastfactorydirect.com, enter the code RADIO at checkout, and you'll receive an additional 25 bucks off. Not only do they have essential building materials like kitchen cabinets, sinks, vanities, but also important sanitary products for pools and spas like filters, pumps, and cleaners. If you need furniture, mattresses, home office furniture, patio furniture, bedding, you can shop from the comfort of your home online at northeastfactorydirect.com. And you can still contact their stores to schedule an, apartment, an appointment, virtual tour, or remote virtual consultation. They do it all. By the way, Alex, I'd love to hear from you. If you have a question, Call or text his personal cell phone at 216-288-1808. That is 216-288-1808. Before we get to the little bit of golf news, which is going to be a little bit fun in, in May, 
Who is the one draft pick you were most wrong about, Z? It could be one of our guys. It could be just in general. Is there a guy that you thought for sure? I sprung this on you, but you're a big B. I think you'll handle it. I have an answer if you want to think about it for mine. Um, And mine is Trent Richardson. I thought Trent Richardson was Walter Payton, O.J. Simpson, Jim Brown. I I just loved him at Alabama. I thought he was like how Derrick Henry is. Uh, he appeared to be Sean Alexander, all of that, like a 1,500-yard back um, and just a superstar out of the gates. And when the Browns selected him, I thought, well, there you go. Away you go. Give that kid a number in the 30s. They did, and look out. And it just it didn't click for Trent for whatever reason. Um, and, and that's somebody that upon picking, I thought, boy, that guy's got everything that you need. I had it wrong. Yeah, that's a, that's a very, very good one. I would, for me um... – not going I'll try to think through my Browns days of guys that I that I liked and I thought Deshaun Kaiser actually had a chance to be a pretty good quarterback in the NFL I don't know that I'm still we'll ever, not sure I don't know he, we'll ever know if he will right. because he played way before he should have played he was not somebody that yeah. should have played that season with the I mean it was one thing to start your no. career with the Browns on that team but your receivers were I want to say Kenny Britt, who was checked out at that point, Ricardo Lewis, you didn't have a whole lot in terms of it was not he was not thrust into a great situation there. And I think that that damaged him a lot. Um, But I thought he had a lot of raw tools and we'll never know. I mean, he's still in the league with the with the Raiders, but I don't think he's ever going to I don't know where he's where he's going to see the field. You know, he didn't even stick in Green Bay as the long term. You know, they thought maybe backup succession plan to Aaron Rodgers down the road. So uh, that was one that certainly was a surprise to me. Um, I think from the Browns standpoint as well, you go back to 2014. I think both Johnny and and Justin Gilbert were were huge surprises. I was more, I was obviously a Teddy Bridgewater guy in that draft. I even like Garoppolo uh, and was not as much of a, of a Manziel guy per se going into it, but you'd hoped that whatever magic he had would carry over and it didn't. Justin Gilbert was one that wasn't really on the Browns radar at all. And then he comes in and you looked at him, he was built like a cornerback should be. He ate everything but performance on the field was there for him because of all the things outside of it from an athletic standpoint though. There's no doubt he should have been really, really, really good. Really good. I'll give you another one, too. Kevin White, but I don't know if it's injuries that derailed him. I thought he was going to be a stud when he came into the league. Yeah, it's strange how things happen. You never could have convinced me that Matt Leinert wasn't going to be a pro, like a big-time pro quarterback. I mean, based on what you saw at USC, you saw an accurate guy who delivered on time. USC's actually had a lot of those. It's amazing, like Dwayne Jarrett, Mike Williams, a lot of those guys in that run, Lindell White, Reggie Bush, none of those guys really hit the way that you thought that they would. Um, and another guy that, that I think in retrospect was, a, was one that just seemed like the perfect scenario was Brady Quinn who was so good at Notre Dame and fell in your lap. You felt it was going to be like a Rodgers situation. I love Brady as a person. I've known him since his, oh, uh, since his days going back forever and is a great dude, one of the best dudes ever. Uh, but that's a certain situation where – and that's why the, the, the big thing tonight, in addition to where you're picked, but more importantly, is, is who are you picked by and are you put in a position to succeed. And while it's not music to our ears, I think that Joe Burrow is going to be put in a heck of a position to succeed because he's going to have Zach Taylor for five years, man. He's not going to have to learn a new offense. They're locked and loaded. They're going to go Zach Taylor. He's going to be the guy for four or five years. And everything I hear down there, they're going to install basically a form of the offense he ran at LSU, much like Andy Reid did with Pat Mahomes, and and they're going to put him in the best possible position to succeed, and he's have consistency in staff. And that's so important, especially at quarterback, as you mentioned, with Kaiser. 
Yeah, you, you need to have that. You need to have something that you're familiar with. You need to give them a good supporting cast. And I mean, think about if you were Deshaun Kaiser and you got dropped into that uh, circumstance where you had A.J. Green and Boyd and Joe Mixon, you know, to work John Ross yeah. all to work with. He didn't have any of that. And I think that's one of the hardest things for the quarterbacks. And we were talking about it even yesterday with Tim Couch and Carr going into those expansion situations. It's just quarterback's a tough position to play. You do need the help of the, the 10 guys around you on the field. Um, and, and obviously the great ones elevate them, but it takes some time to get there. And I think damage and bad habits can form early in a quarterback's yeah. career if they're not in a good situation that can be very difficult to recover from as their, their careers go on. Yeah, it is. It's uh, it's it's a it's an incredible crapshoot that happens tonight, and it's going to happen uh, over the ne- course of the next few days. But the the gamble always biggest here in the first round. Um, in a in a quick non sports or non football uh, conversation, uh, it looks like our golf match is going to happen. It looks like it's going to be Tiger uh, and Phil. Tiger and Peyton Manning against Phil and Tom Brady. Now that all of the rumor out there, and this is going to air on TNT, all the rumor on this is that it will be uh, at the Medalist Club in out of Palm Beach. I hope it's not. I would rather this be at a club that we either have seen before or have always wanted to see. I yep. think that would be cooler yep. uh, than, than playing it at a, at a private club, which is basically a, a training ground for the PGA Tour players down in the Palm Beach area. Um, but I am excited to see uh, see a little a little golf in a month. Where would you want it if you could have it at any venue? Well, if it's got to be in uh, Cyprus, that's what I'd love to see. Yeah, like some place I've one. never yep. seen. Uh-huh. Yeah, I've driven and it's by isolated. Cyprus. You feel like it's you an isolated even, place. Yeah, you can't even get on there. There's that. Is it? There's the legendaries at a legendary Ben Hogan match that was played there, where there was all, like all these celebrities on the courses in like the fifties. Okay. Um, but like, it's a course that I've been to Pebble Beach. And I've been there, but you can't really get near it. You can't even right. really see it, which is weird because you're on that peninsula, but you can't even really see it. Um, so that would be a place like Pine Valley or Seminole. One of those top ten old school courses that's been around forever that you can't see would be my first pick um, versus, you know, a course that's kind of what Medalist is, which is it's a great course, but it's right. it's basically just a private training ground for PGA Tour players. Right. Yeah, no, Cypress would have been my answer as well. I think that would be – that would be awesome. It'd also be fun to see them. And I know it's a course that you've seen uh, at, at times, but like if they went up to somewhere like Banff Springs and to see these guys, yeah. or, you know what course I'll give you a course, the one that's out in New Mexico, something wolf, maybe it's like gray wolf. That's run. in Utah. In Utah, where they tee off of yeah. like you tee off of buttes and it's all red rock yeah. except for the fairways and greens. Like that would be a cool place to see some of the bombs yeah. they hit off of 500 foot elevation tee yeah. shots, stuff that you don't I'd see. You never see that on a tour course. And that yeah, would be and also, cool. also a place where there's not a huge outbreak of, of coronavirus, so there, that they're right. and there aren't it's so right, remote aren't people, right? Exactly. Yeah, there aren't people, so yeah, that would be really cool. There's a lot of them out west that that have that that would kind of have a unique feel to it. Phil obviously is stationed in California, Tiger in Florida, so I'm I don't know if they you know, meet in the middle somewhere, or they wherever they oh, decide Phil's- to go. Peyton Peyton's in Denver, and Tom's in Tampa. Um, so they're kind of split up in that perspective. Yeah. Obviously, they're flying private, but just in terms of where are they going to meet, right? It's going to be that'll be that'll be fun. That'll be fun. Here's the thing that's always amazing about this. And you've 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 been to PG. Have you ever been to a PGA tour like uh, Pro-Am? Uh-huh. OK, so when the pros play with people and Manning's good, these guys are both good players. Manning's a six. Brady's an eight. So they're good okay. players. They're not to your level, but they're good players. And the idea that those guys who are good players, the amount of nerves they will be feeling. Oh God, Elite yeah. athletes who are 
impervious to pressure in their world now being put into golf, where they, you know the whole world's going to be watching this thing, with two of the best ever, that is always fascinating to me because I've seen guys who are really good players really choke it up when in front of cameras, even in front of cameras, let alone like this. You know, I'm talking about in front of like local news cameras in Columbus. We used to see people yeah. who are elite athletes choke up a little bit. So I this, there will be some pressure with this. Oh, my God, a lot of pressure. And it's one of those things that, right, it's not their comfort zone. So when you're not naturally confident, the word – a lack of confidence translates through your entire body and your entire golf swing. It makes it hard to hit the golf ball the way that you, you need to hit the golf ball. You can only hit the golf ball well, making a fully confident yep. swing and going for it. And yeah, they're going to be whew, six and eight. That's I'd be honest with you. That shocks me. That shocks me. I th would think Peyton Manning now that he's done playing would be a scratch when you're that cerebral and you're that good with your hand eye coordination, that good of an athlete. I would have thought Peyton Manning would be a scratch by now. I'm actually that, surprised. That seems like, Really, it seems like you can't be a scratch unless you've played your whole life. I mean, he's a six. It's not so he's not that far away from it. Yeah. I wonder how much he got. That seems a big difference, though, for me. Whatever to go from six to scratch, those six strokes seem like a lot. It is. It is a lot. But one of the great, you know, athletes of our time. And it's not from yeah. a, in a in a way in a sport that like quarterbacking is is cerebral. I would imagine his strategy around the course would be great. His you know his ability to put touch on throwing a football. He knows how to put touch on things. So I just thought he, I would think you know there have been a lot yeah. of good quarterbacks back then. Tony Romo is is obviously a little bit more of a natural well, golfer yeah. than they are. But I would I'm I was just surprised. I was surprised. Brady yeah. at an eight. I would understand because he's so dedicated to football that how much golf is he playing. But I thought Peyton once he retired. For me, in my mind, if you say Brady's an eight right now, Brady's going to be a a two when he's done. If he, if he want if he wants to become an avid golfer. Yeah. Well, you got to remember Manning's living in Denver, so he's not golfing year round. Too. That's True. the other part of it. He's not True. getting full golf. Not living in Scottsdale, buddy. Uh, Trey Wingo is going to host this extravaganza tonight, a draft unlike any we've ever seen before. Before he does that, though, he will join us next on Cleveland Browns Daily, 850 ESPN Cleveland. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. When a medical mistake causes you injury, call the medical malpractice attorneys at 1-800-ELK-OHIO. Elk and Elk is a proud partner of the Cleveland Browns. Go Browns. Bo Bishop, Nathan Zaguro with you. ESPN Radio and NFL host Trey Wingo going to host all three days of NFL draft coverage on ESPN and NFL Network. The fourth consecutive year that Wingo is hosting all seven rounds of the draft. The three-day event starts tonight at 8. It will be carried on ABC, ESPN, and NFL Network. Trey joins us now. Uh, Trey, it's not often that, that we get to do something, and, and obviously the circumstances behind this are something that you would never want is the reason for this, but you are going to do something that, that has never been done before in terms of what you're hosting tonight with the uniqueness of this NFL draft. How have you prepared for it? Uh, thanks for having me on, guys. Um, honestly, not, not any different at all. I mean, Okay. To me, nothing has changed in terms of the preparation. Now, the execution, that's going to be a little interesting. <laughs> but, but in terms of how I prepare for the draft, not one iota has changed. And, you know, we had a dress rehearsal yesterday, which was great, it, which means we're probably going to crash and burn tonight because you normally <laughs> want to be the opposite. But everything went, could not have gone smoother yesterday, integrating the folks from the NFL Network. It was wonderful. So uh, I'm, I'm hopeful that that will – uh, carry over but you know look at the end of the day if it, if if there's a glitch there's a glitch and there's not a damn thing we can do about it and we're just going to sort of roll with it and laugh with it and figure it out as we go along 
Trey, when you get an opportunity like this, knowing that, you know, given everything that's going on, this is going to be a highly viewed, most likely the highest watched draft ever. You're doing the, the kind of the simulcast ESPN NFL Network, uh, ABC as well, working with all of these people, you know, that you don't necessarily always get a chance to work with. Is that something that you're pretty excited about doing here tonight? Oh, absolutely. I mean, like, for example, Michael Irvin used to, before, you know, he was at NFL Network, he used to work for us, so I've worked with Michael in the past. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah, who does such a great job for NFL Network breaking down tape, used to be one of Chris Mortensen's interns here at ESPN. So he would sit in those draft meetings, and he's incredible. And then you throw in Rich and Kurt Warner, who I've known forever because he came to St. Louis right after I left there to come to ESPN, and we've sort of kept in touch. That's actually the fun part about this. I mean, like every year, you know, the NFL Network has their set, and we have our set. We look forward to doing that next year in Cleveland uh, when we get there for the draft. And it's always a, a, a fun rivalry, but a friendly rivalry. And this year it's going to be great because we have so much respect for those guys and what they do, and the feeling is mutual from them that it's really nice to be able to collaborate and not have to feel like we're going up against each other this year, which is really a lot of fun. Trey Wingo, our guest here on Cleveland Browns Daily, the draft tonight uh, across ESPN, ABC, and the NFL Network, of course. Um, you know, the, you think about the uniqueness of this. One thing that is unique is is typically we, you know, kind of the league gets together a little bit, whether it's these pro days or uh, you kind of get to hit, put your, your ear to the, to the ground a little bit and kind of learn some things. But we've been away from each other from a league perspective yeah. since the Combine, uh, which has made information kind of crazy, frankly, the last week. Um, how are you kind of deciding what's fact, what's fiction, and do you think there's more smoke this year than ever before? Yeah, I, I think my, when, I, when I decide what's fact and what's fiction, I just say, Adam, what do you know? Uh, <laughs> in terms of Adam Schefter. But, uh, yeah, that's the hardest part about this process leading up to it. has been, And it's really there's two kinds of players, I believe, that got a little dinged up this year that normally uh, wouldn't uh, be – uh, sort of as much of a mystery. And obviously it's guys with injuries. Tua obviously is the first guy that comes to mind. But there's a wide receiver out of Colorado named LaVisca Chenault, mm-hmm. who is just a big play waiting to happen. And he's had a couple of injuries. We're not sure about him. Where I mean, he has a potential first-round talent. And he, had a, he ran a slow 40 time because he was dealing with an injury. Then he had to have a surgery. And those kind of guys. And then there's the guys who are borderline, right? Uh, two, two people that come to mind. Uh, there's a the safety out of Alabama named Jared Maiden, uh, who wasn't invited to the combine, was looking forward to his pro day. Well, that didn't happen. Uh, same thing happened to Nigel Warrior, a safety out of Tennessee, who, by the way, his father was Dale Carter, who was a 23rd wow. overall pick, an outstanding cornerback in the NFL for a bunch of years in 1992. And so those are the guys, those fringe guys that, like, if they could have impressed at their pro day and had a chance to meet with teams uh, face-to-face and have medicals. Those guys, I think, are the ones you're either going to have to say, we can't take the risk, or we're walking out on a leap of faith with, which is a lot different than in years past. And that is going to be a fascinating thing to see how that kind of unfolds. And, and you mentioned the one at the top, Tua. That's, we've heard, you know, I felt coming out of the combine that he was going to the Dolphins at five, and, and we've heard the Dolphins are taking Tua, they're taking Herbert, they're trading up for an offensive tackle, and we're going to get answers. We're gonna, there won't be speculation or smoke anymore, yeah. but as you go into this, you've heard so many things. How do you try to kind of, you mentioned Adam Schefter is a nice resource for you, but, you know, sift through this and then try to and be prepared for anything and everything as it unfolds and what's going to be kind of a wild draft with everybody in different areas and going back and forth and all the potential moving parts. 
Yeah, that last part is exactly right. I mean, I, I don't do mock drafts. I mean, I'm happy to read Mel and Todd's and see how they how they uh, change. And Mel's changed this morning, you know, uh, based on some things he might have been hearing. I sort of take the Zen philosopher attitude about it. Like, well, we'll see. You know, right. we'll, like I said, we'll find out tonight. I mean, I, I don't. I I was not really buying the idea that Miami was moving up for a tackle. I I'm like, okay. I mean, I get it. You need a tackle, but you also need a quarterback. And why would you move up to take a tackle when you could probably stick where you are and get the tackle of your choosing? So, uh, I mean, I, was, I didn't buy that one very much. But, you know, is it Herbert? Is it Tua? What's interesting here is, you know, the great Spanish philosopher, if I may for a second, Santayana, said those who do not remember history are doomed to repeat it. That's right. Well, it was in 2006 that the Dolphins did not medically clear Drew Brees' shoulder, and yeah. so they didn't sign him. Instead, they went with Dante Culpepper. Let's see if they're going to go down that road again. Yeah, Saban reminded us of that this week as well. So uh, it's that's one of the great what-ifs in the history of football right there. Trey Wingo, our guest, he'll host it all tonight and throughout the next three days. You know, when when the, the notion that they were going to do this, that the NFL was going to do this, there was some mixed emotion, mixed opinion on if, if this was the right thing to do, what's the tone of this. As a guy who hosts a daily radio show, I think the goodness that the NFL did this. Uh, the other thing that I would say that, that I've noticed about this, and I'm curious if you have as well, and I think we saw a little of this with the last dance numbers that, on ESPN uh, on Sunday, that we are thirsting for sports that we don't know the answer to uh, and sports we haven't yeah. seen before. And we hadn't seen The Last Dance, and so we, while we lived that, a lot of us, it was a new angle on it. This is the first sports, as you know, that we've had since, what, that Wednesday uh, of the Rudy Gobert of Conference Championship right. Weeks where we don't know the answer to? I, I just think America is – and I, there's a lot that, that you have to separate – but I just think America is thirsting for a little bit of sports that matters that we don't know the answer to. Yeah, I agree with you. You know, like when, when the league has been adamant about this, uh, when I say the league, I mean the NFL, has been adamant that they're going to go on as scheduled. Like it was a week after the Rudy Gobert thing that the, the NFL free agency was supposed to open up. And there were some people like, ah, how's this going to play? You know, are people going to be pushing back when all this stuff is happening? And, these players are signing multi-million dollar contracts. And, I mean, I, don't, I can't speak to Cleveland, but from our perspective here, we didn't get a lot of blowback of people saying you shouldn't be doing this. What, what was the reaction there? Same. Same. Yeah, you yeah. know, so. We just want to talk uh, football. One, right, exactly. So I think once that sort of happened, I think people were like, okay, the NFL can do this because they're not playing. I mean, they're winning by not playing, right? I mean, that's, that's the advantage they have. They're, they're dominating the entire, you know, sports atmosphere because they can – give us topics and they're not actually having to compete now when it gets to the competition i think that's where it's going to be really interesting for the nfl because from a logistics standpoint it might be the hardest sport to corral or contain uh with this thing out there because of a the number of people on a roster and a sideline and a coaching staff and a support staff and then just the physicality of the game right i mean you could literally play a baseball game and probably not have two people touch each other. That that is that is a that is a thing that could happen. You can't have a snap in a football game where where right. that's going to happen. And if you do, if you're socially distancing as a football player, you're not a very good <laughs> football player. You know, you know what I mean? Those right. two things are are opposing agendas. So I mean, the rubber's going to meet the road. I think later on this summer for the NFL when they figure out what they're going to do with training camps and are they going to start the season on time? And they, look, they're they're. Their plan is to, and they should be planning for that, but they should also be planning for contingencies, and I think they are. So, yeah, right now I think 
we all just want it. Just give it to me. Give me a sense of normalcy. And let's be honest, you know, Cleveland's a perfect example of this. The last two years in the draft have given Cleveland fans and Browns fans hope, right? Like, we're getting the players. Yeah. We're finally going to turn this around. I think we're all looking for a little bit of hope right now, and I think the NFL draft could do a sort of a, on a small scale, just give us something to think about besides everything else and, and give us some hope that, hey, eventually down the road things will get better and our team's going to get better. And I think it, maybe now more than ever it's important that we have this draft. Perfectly said, sir, as I'm sure you'll yes. do tonight Perfect. on the broadcast. Thank you so much for your time, Trey. Good luck tonight. Going to be fun. Of course, we'll all be watching. <laughs> the world the world will be watching, yeah. my man. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, the perfect uh, picture for this draft is the Samuel L. Jackson gif from Jurassic Park when he's turning on the computers after they've been you know, hot-wired, and he says, hold on to your butts. I think that's what we're going for tonight. We'll see what happens. I think you'll do it, my friend. I'm glad you're captaining that ship. Thanks for your time, buddy. Thanks, guys. Take care. Thank you. That's great, Trey Wingo. And, of course, he's going to host all three days of NFL draft coverage on ESPN and NFL Network. Fourth consecutive year that he's done so now, and the 3D event starts tonight at 8, of course. We carry it on ABC, ESPN, the NFL Network. So right now, in addition to doing the show, we have a Zoom up so we can have some communication amongst us and Gibby and all of this. And so somehow I have become the boss of this Zoom thing. And at the bottom of the screen, it says, Jason Gibbs has entered the waiting room for this meeting. And it says, do I admit him or do I see waiting room? No. You're out. out. Sorry, Gibby. You're out, Gibby. All the times that you made me sit there and wait. The host will let you in shortly. Yeah, right. No, no it's Gibby. <laughs> the host will let you in shortly. Uh, Mike Silver with some interesting comments about Andrew Barry. Benjamin Albright going to join us at the bottom of the hour. Yes. CBD 850 ESPN Cleveland. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Well, it's all happening tonight, Browns fans. Before the draft starts, we're inviting you to enjoy the first ever Browns virtual draft party presented by Bud Light Seltzer. Could be you. The interactive live show hosted by The Z starts at 6. Going to be broadcast for fans on the YouTube channel, Facebook, Twitter. Going to get the latest draft news from team owner J.W. Johnson, Kevin Stefanski, the Athletics Dane Brewer going to join as well. Interviews from a number of celebrity luminaries, including the Hoff, Thomas Brad Paisley, among others, register right now for the first ever Browns virtual draft party presented by Bud Light Seltzer at clevelandbrowns.com. You ready? You focused? You got it set up? Everything I'm you need? locked in. Let's go. All right. Going to be fun. Going to be very, very fun. Uh, Mike Silver on the NFL Network in terms of what A.B. and what to expect from Andrew Barry in this front office. Let's have a listen. I talked to Andrew Barry yesterday and said, nobody knows what you're going to do. Uh, they don't know your tendencies. And he said, that's right. This is the only offseason where that will fully be the case. And uh, listen, he's cerebral. Uh, he is a great listener. He is collaborative. He is analytical. But he's also got an inner streak of riverboat gambler that – I think a lot of people don't know about. So, yeah, they are in a great spot. They can stand pat, very likely have a crack at one of those tackles, as you said, maybe a Simmons. Uh, they have the option to trade back. But 
I wouldn't be shocked to see Andrew Barry be a little bit more aggressive than uh, maybe some people expect. And, and this is not your, uh, he, you know, he's very brilliant, but he's not your nerd sitting there looking at a graph and, and letting analytics tell him who to draft. He will go with his gut if need be. And uh, maybe the Browns have a big, bold move in them as young Andrew Barry uh, takes his first crack at running a draft room from his home so what would that be what is what is he what's he alluding to in your mind there is that the a trade up that, or is that a trade yeah, that's it a, a trade up at a 10 from it. 10 the only thing that would be bold and unexpected if you pay attention to the scores is that like the, a trade down wouldn't be unexpected it would it would potentially be uh would would net a lot and would be bold but it wouldn't be unexpected we've prepared for that brugler says it's a virtual lock uh, that he wouldn't be surprised at all if, if we don't pick a 10. So I don't see any scenario how that's bold uh, or surprising. I think if the only thing that would be would be a trade up. So would that be a move to seven to go get Dos Unos or something like that? That would be bold, I would think, from that standpoint. Yeah, I would be surprised at that. I, I really would be. I think so that I. I think bold could maybe mean Trent Williams in conjunction. So it frees you up to do a lot of different things in the first round. Could bold mean a wide receiver? That would be. That would if be if there perceived. were a, a tackle on the board and you took C.D. Lamb at ten. That would or you, be bold. right, and you traded for Trent Williams, and now you got Trent Williams and C.D. Lamb in here. That would be certainly a bold move. Um, that was interesting. Maybe it means coming back into the first round at the end. You know, bold doesn't have to necessarily mean yeah. coming from ten, from forty-one, get back in the first round. Let's say they do love Grant Delpit, like like we do. Then you get your tackle and you get Grant Delpit. I think there are a lot of ways that this could unfold, which yes. is why it was fun doing that scenarios uh, video on, that's on the Browns YouTube channel right now in the Browns app. There are a lot of ways that this can go. I, I think he will be bold. I think he showed that in free agency. The three that's what keys, I was going to say. Yeah, you've got, you've got your prepared, <laughs> you have a plan, and a process to execute it. Yeah. They were prepared. They did their homework. They knew exactly who the best fits for their scheme were. Their plan was to go out there and get those guys. They had a process in which they clearly attacked the offense first and said, here are our top targets, Conklin, Hooper, and get Case Keenum into this building. And boom, boom, boom. That's exactly what happened. I think the draft yeah, will be I no different. I, I, that's, that, that's what I was thinking was the, the easiest way to, if you want to tell who Andrew Barry is going to be in the draft, is look what he did in free agency. As bold as can be. Identified what he wanted, got what he wanted, and, and they're now Cleveland Browns. Um, all right, let's have a little fun. Let's You and I mock the first 10 picks. Okay. Should we do this what we would do or what we believe they would do or try to mix the two? Kind of a, a, kind of a, a, a mix. Here's an interesting one. Jeff Risden just okay. tweeted out a second ago. Suffice to say, I do anticipate Trent Williams becoming a Brown today, and I'm supportive of it as a one-year thing. So he does the draft for uh, Real GM. He's a managing editor for the Browns Wire and the Lions Wire. Uh, that's an, an interesting one. He, that's the first one where I've seen somebody say they think he's going, he'll be a Brown as of today. So that would get interesting. But let's do this, let's do this top 10 uh, based right. on what, what you know, were the GMs of those teams. What, we, what would we do? With the number one pick... In the uh, CBD 2020 mock draft, the Cincinnati Bengals select Joe Burrow, quarterback, LSU. We are thrilled to be able to bring Joe into the mix. It's a no-brainer for us. We get a franchise quarterback. We pair him with a bright young coach who's going to build an offense around him. Uh, we, we're not sure if there is a first overall pick who's been put in a better, better position to succeed than what we will put Joe in here. 
With the second pick in the CBD mock draft, the Washington Redskins select Chase Young, defensive end, Ohio State. We can pass on bringing in the top defensive player in this draft to our team. We gave some consideration, I'll be honest with you, probably more than was out there in the public about taking Tua here, and if perhaps his health weren't an issue, perhaps we would have taken Tua. We're not, we're not fully sold uh, on like Dwayne that. Haskins, but Chase Young will be the pick, and we'll reunite those Buckeyes together. I also like how you as the Washington GM takes an extra shot at S. Just to give S Buck S a little shot there. <laughs> yeah, just the a little right there for S. Yeah, just a little just bit a little, for S there. A little shot for S. Yeah. Uh, with the third pick in the CBD mock draft, the Detroit Lions, we tried like heck to trade out of three. We tried, and we know that, uh, that certainly uh, there were teams that potentially had an interest, but all of the Dolphins' smoke screening worked. Uh, the belief that they weren't going to take Tua became real, and so we're we're going to stay here at three. We're going to take exactly who we've identified all along, and that being Jeff Akuda, cornerback, the Ohio State University. Interesting. Not a surprise, really, to see it go there. And the Giants will make another not surprising pick, and they will go to the podium and select with the fourth pick in the CBD mock draft. Tristan Wirfs, offensive tackle, Iowa. This is one that a lot of people have speculated on. This is where they, they link it. And I just wonder, will the first four picks actually ultimately be that easy and go that true to form? Maybe. But in this case, so far, they are. If you're the Giants, wouldn't you take Simmons? Of course, I would. I would. And I wouldn't even well, worry yeah. about it. I, just wouldn't even, I wouldn't even think about it. Detroit would have a tough choice there. Uh, but I, I would probably do that, too. Uh, with the fifth pick, we fooled you all. We fooled all of you. We wanted Tua all along. You idiots, we told you at the Combine we wanted Tua. You believe this? We're going to trade up two spots for a tackle? No. We take for Tua, and now we get him at five. We hang on to our other two first-round picks. Tua Tungabailoa, quarterback Alabama, Miami Dolphins. With the sixth pick, again, one of the worst-kept secrets, I think, in the league was that the, the Chargers were enamored, enamored with Justin Herbert. We heard that at the Combine. I know a lot of people think maybe a tackle is the pick here. I don't believe so. I think it stays Justin Herbert, quarterback, Oregon with the sixth pick goes to the Chargers. If I'm the Chargers here, I take Jedrick Wills and I sign Cam Newton. Well, you and I, of course, we would. That's what we would do. Done. Yeah. Solved. Solved. Oh, this one breaks my heart. Uh, this one Don't do it. My just give him Derek Brown. To, Don't do I'm it. Trying to. Don't do it. Just give him Derek Brown. You can do it. There's just no way. <laughs> yeah, there is. Sure. <laughs> Even in in, in, uh, no in Jeremiah's write-up, he says the first sentence is this could also be a spot for Derek Brown. The only way. Let's just think about this. All right, I'll pick Derek Brown for the fun of it. But yes. you have lost Cam Newton and you've lost Luke Keekley. the two two of the five most important people in the history of your franchise, the faces of your franchise. You've lost them both in the same offseason, and you can draft a kid who's an Avenger who played three hours down the road. You're the Carolina Panthers. You're not the North Carolina Panthers. They'll take. I can't see him getting past here. But for the sake of this, we'll take defensive tackle Derek Brown, Auburn. All right. With the eighth pick, we need to get somebody to protect Kyler Murray. The Arizona Cardinals select Jedrick Wills, tackle Alabama. All right. With the ninth pick in the CBD mock draft, we have a trade. Oh. We have a trade. The Jacksonville Dra Jaguars have made a deal with the Denver Broncos. And the Denver Broncos will be selecting at number nine. They will get a third-round pick and move back to 15 to be incentivized to do this. And with the ninth pick, the now Denver Broncos select Jerry Judy, wide receiver, Alabama. 
Wow, not afraid of these knee reports that somebody's got out there trying to get him to slide no. down the draft board. They come up, they get their guy. That leaves the Browns at number 10. Isaiah Simmons is on the board. How is it Mackay, possible? Makai Becton is on the board. Andrew Thomas is on the board. <laughs> I, Nathan Zagura, run to the podium oh, with him, two straight lines parallel next to each other. One one, dos unos, and for those who don't think we know that Onze is indeed eleven in Spanish, we're quite aware. But dos unos is a lot cooler to say, and the pick would be Isaiah Simmons, defensive player, Clemson. That would, would be amazing. Be, if they... I would, I'd be, I'd be unbelievable. I try to think how quickly, like, I would order jerseys for the boys. It would probably be like as soon as I knew the number, as soon as it was ready, call the pro shop. Let's get them moving. Let, and let me say this, what we would need to do is have a package of plays for him as a wide receiver so that we could list him as a wide receiver who also plays defense uh -oh. so that he could wear 11. Oh, Draft him as a wide receiver. Crafty. Draft him as a receiver so he can still wear 11. Oh, I love this. What I was literally that? worried about that. I was thinking, what number could we give him that would be a cool one? Problem solved. Problem solved. I'm an idea man. You thrive on enthusiasm. Fantastic. Announce it. We just announced it. Isaiah Simmons, wide receiver, Clemson. He comes in. We put him in 11. He lines up for a second <laughs> with the receivers, and then all of a sudden, but he plays both ways. Do you think you'd sell any of those? Browns 11, Simmons? <laughs> I think you'd sell a lot of them. I think you would, too. Uh, the great we hats always... to our Heroes Fund, which would be, you'd be, we'd be helping the world. Every, people helping people. Everybody people wins people. at that point. Uh, I can definitely sell you Benjamin Albright. That's as good as it gets, and he's coming up next. CBD 850 ESPN Cleveland. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Browns Van Tine is offering free laundry services to the families of frontline responders. Visit hope.com. It's the dot spelled out. Hope.tidecleaners.com that gets you. It does get you. Like if it's just written the that. way that yeah. the, the way it looks on a website instead of right. phonetically. You'd have when it every you see, time. Yeah, it's twice now that's got me. Hope.tidecleaners.com. There you go. That's it. That's the list. What sweatshirt are you wearing today? This is a, a The Bay sweatshirt. This is a, a... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. From my hometown. From the Bay. Yeah, yeah. The hometown. Yeah. Are you from... I didn't know that. You're from the Bay Area? Yeah. I didn't Bay know that. Man. East Bay. <laughs> yes. Represent. Let's go. You don't follow me on Twitter, so I'm not surprised. That's true. I don't follow you on social. Did By the you way, have, Graziano, um, Graziano's on ahead. ESPN right now, so this is my first chance to look at his beard. It, it is pretty... It is pretty... It's pretty stout. It's so regal. Yeah. I mean, he really looks spectacular in this thing. He does. Um, there are a lot of there are a lot of teams with assets here, and the Raiders are one of them. They hold picks twelve and nineteen. Uh, they have Derek Carr and Marcus Mariota already in the fold. There is always, you know, how Gruden is with quarterbacks. Like you feel like he'd like to take twenty six of them to camp. Yep. Um, and and they are a team to watch for. Uh, we know that the. I, I just feel like I'll, I'll go to my grave with this. I feel like the Dolphins are trying their dangdest to hold on to the three ones and still get everybody that they want. And it, what really pushed me over the edge was the idea that they were going to trade up two spots, take a tackle yesterday, which is nonsense. Um, so now I hope um, they do it because it would be laughable. Yeah. But we'll see. 
Yeah, and if and the other thing is is if if the the back end there, you know, the conversation about the Panthers at seven, uh, the Cardinals at eight, and the Jaguars at nine. The Panthers to me. If if Isaiah Simmons is there, I want him more than anything. I think we're on record with that. But if Isaiah Simmons is there, and you have you've just lost Cam Newton, and you've lost Luke Keekley, and they're two of the four most important people in the history of your franchise, and they're the face of your franchise in every way, and you can draft a kid from right down the road, and plug him in, I I don't know why you would overthink that. I mean, that seems to be the most simple thing ever. And he would fit what Matt Rule wants to do defensively as well. I mean, that to me seems like a lock. You would think. Uh, you would think it would be. But a lot of people really like Derek Brown and think that he is a great player at the line of scrimmage. And he his is. interior, you know, interior disruptors are becoming as valuable as any position on defense. So that would be, you know, that's the hope that you hold out for. Or maybe, you know, that's where that the Falcons feel they need to go to get, you know, C.J. Henderson, something like that. So... You never know how that's going to go. I do think it is it is unlikely that that they will go that direction. But you also remember their face. They the Panthers have some new faces of the franchise, right? Christian McCaffrey, Teddy Bridgewater is in there. They've well, got they've got some guys. McCaffrey are, Simmons would be. You'd have the same. You'd have McCaffrey Simmons, one offense, one defense, um, and and a way that you go. Uh, yeah, but Brown is a stud. There's no question. He's an he's an absolute stud in the middle of that defensive line. Um, there's just there are there are so many teams that have an ability, and and as we inch closer to this thing to, of moving, and you wonder with us at ten, if do you let me put this to you? Do you think it is more likely that if we trade out, it's for a team coming up to get the last tackle, or a team coming up to get the first wide receiver? I think it would be a team coming up to get the first receiver, or perhaps the Falcons coming up to get the second corner, because I think people feel there's a huge drop off after Akuda and Henderson yeah so I, I think if De- I think Denver and Philly come up for a wide receiver I think the Falcons come up for Henderson if you're thinking of a team coming up for a tackle it would be Tampa Tampa would make the most sense that would make the most sense there it's been wild and it's going to continue to get wild uh yeah. we had out on the hotline our good buddy Benjamin Albright NFL insider joining us now uh Ben how how are you trying to separate fact from fiction right now what do you believe there's so much smoke out there what are some of the rumors that you think have a little bit of validity to them <laughs> well there is so much the smoke's so thick out there it is hard to see the truth in the facts uh, <laughs> and I think teams are, are putting a lot of stuff out there with the extra technical challenges this year trying to throw a couple extra wrenches out there you know, we've seen the uh, the Jerry Judy thing come out there about his knee. That was two years ago. He played two full seasons on it since, so he's right. obviously fine. But somebody's putting it out there in order to uh, uh, to frighten teams that may be interested. And since they can't get in front of their team doctors, you know, that's uh, uh, I think that's that's some smart gamesmanship, I guess, depending on how you look at it. Um, you know, I, some of this stuff, I believe some of it don't. I know the, the Dolphins like Joe Burrow. Uh, they like to move up. I don't know if they're going to package their whole first round to do it. Um, but, you know, that, that seems to be a popular rumor. Um, the ownership there likes Tua. The coaches like uh, Herbert. So it's going to be interesting to see who wins out there. Usually the ownership wins those battles, but I guess we'll see. Um, you know, if Falcons trade up, you should be buying that. They they want to move up. They like Henderson and Kim on. They'd like to get up get one of the two. Um, Broncos are interested in moving up to make sure they secure their receivers. So I think those are the rumors that I'm buying. Um, as far as the other ones, I, I don't know. Is there a new one out there I haven't heard yet? Give it a minute. 
Yeah, I was going to say they're coming, they're coming fast and furious. Uh, let's just focus in Browns-wise. You know, Trent Williams, that's, that's one that certainly is out there quite a bit. Are you hearing anything on that front as it relates to Trent Williams and, you know, coming maybe to the Browns? Well, I mean, there have been, there've been inquiries, and there's certainly been talks, you know, back and forth with the Browns, as you guys know. But it's not uh, – I wouldn't say that that's something that's a done deal or, or close right now, uh, just that there have been conversations before. My gut says that's that's the direction it goes. It would certainly be a fit. Trent's played in wide zone most of his career. Um, that's that's kind of where he was at his best, and uh, I feel like he'd be a, be a fit there if they could make that work. Yeah, and that would change a lot of things. There, there's kind of two pressure points, Benjamin. When I when I, when you when we look at this draft, and uh, certainly the Lions are trying like heck to, to to get something else and move back from three. Uh, and then it's that it's maybe it starts at Carolina. There's been some rumor about that today, but certainly us at ten nine with Jacksonville in terms of coming up to get the first receiver or maybe somebody coming up to get the last tackle. Um, in in terms of those two pressure points in the draft, which one do you think ha- has more likely to, that we'll see tonight? People coming up into the bottom of the top ten or the Lions moving out of three? Uh, well, the Lions desperately want to move out of three. problem is I don't know that anybody has got a need and or a want and or the ammo to make that happen. Uh, so I would suggest it's probably more likely that somebody moves into the bottom of that, uh, bottom of that top ten. Uh, I know the Broncos personally called uh, – the Jets, Browns, Jags, and Cards. So that four-team span there to see what the what the price tags would be to move up. Uh, and there are several teams that would be interested in that range. You know, I mentioned the Broncos as far as a receiver goes, but you know, there'd be teams that'd be interested in other positions. You mentioned the tackles, uh, and I mentioned the Falcons. So, you know, they're interested in a defensive tackle and or a corner. So you know, that could be right in their sweet spot as well. Do you expect there to be a lot of moves? I think some people have said, well, with the technological, you know, issues potentially with people, you know, not in their buildings, that there won't be as many trades. I think there are going to be a lot. It seems that there seems uh, the potential for a lot of movement. What do you expect? How do you expect this to unfold that we can finally get through this liar's poker and, and see what's real when people have put their cards on the table? Well, I think, you know, we had record-breaking trades last couple of years. I don't think we're going to see that. So by comparison, it might be down a little bit. I still think you'll see activity tonight. I think you're more likely, or excuse me, less likely to see activity on the following nights when things are compressed into tighter time frames. Uh, you've got plenty of time tonight to make those moves, make those happen, and you've been discussing these with uh, with your fellow general managers for weeks now. So this isn't, you know, it's not like these are spur-of-the-moment moves uh, that are happening like they would be on day two or day three. So, I think you'll see some moves tonight. Uh, I think you'll see some action as far as that goes. I, I think in the second, third, fourth, fifth round, that's that's really where it's going to bog down and people just making straight picks or looking to abdicate their picks and get out of them, get into next year. Um, but you know, for day one, I think you'll still see a, a, a pretty fair amount of trading. I think you will, too. I think it's going to be fun to watch to see how it unfolds. One guy who we don't really know, people say they don't know where he plays. I say he plays defense, where he's going to go. Isaiah Simmons, it seems like he's having one of those, you know, the day of the draft where everybody's saying, oh, this guy's going to fall. What do you think about Isaiah Simmons, where he ends up going ultimately? And is he somebody that could potentially be on the board for the Browns at 10? Like every smart team is going to have him on their their board. Um, you know, he's a guy that plays multiple positions and plays him well. Um, I, you know, the, the idea that you have to list him at a certain position or put a certain label on him, I think, is kind of an antiquated way of thinking. Uh, when I when I listed him in the mock draft, I think I put his position as Avenger because he's just a superhero back there. But you know, it's it's you can find uh, guys like that. 
they help make championship teams, championship teams. You look at Kansas City last year, Tyran Matthew, guy played safety, played inside linebacker, played outside linebacker, played corner. If you got a guy that you can line up anywhere and disguise where he's coming from, that's such a valuable tool in the modern NFL where rules are heavily tilted toward the offense that disguise is about the only thing defense has anymore. So um, as far as him falling, I don't, you know, I don't know. I think he, he doesn't fall any further than eight. So if that's a fall, that's not a very far fall. <laughs> no, no, I, no. Yeah, it's, it's sad. It seems to make all the. Unfortunately, unfortunately for us, we're hoping we we would love to see him at ten, but I, but I don't know. Um, Andrew Barry going into his first draft and uh, kind of the process that he'll have for it, and and what we saw in free agency from Barry was very aggressive. Very uh, identify who you want and go get them. Uh, this is a front office here in Cleveland, Benjamin, as you know, that is very comfortable with technology, and and this is a young group. I think they are our three most important people from a football side are all Ivy League educated. So in that sense, uh, we should be in a good spot. Do you think there are teams that are are anxious, nervous about just the technology of this tonight? Oh, I know there are. Uh, there are definitely teams that are nervous about this as far as that goes. And these guys that are going to be making these moves aren't technically savvy. They're used to just yelling at their IT guy and having the, you know, yelling over to the nerd room and having the guy run in. And, uh, you know, now it's, it's a little bit different. You're kind of on your own. You're responsible for this. You got to be, this is another area you got to be a subject matter expert in. And, um, you know, some of these guys that's outside the comfort zone. So I know some, uh, I know one of the private, chats some of me and some of the media guys have we got some over under props on uh, how many expletives we hear from hot mics or you know who spills <laughs> coffee on their keyboard first so uh dave gentleman seems to be the front runner for all the technological yes. mishaps yeah a, a lot of people certainly yeah would line uh, would connect those dots which is, was going to be fun thing to watch in this one uh, ultimately at the end of the day i know you're, you're covering the broncos you do a great job doing that what do you think the broncos do do you think they end up are they the team that moves up to try to get one of these wide receivers well, it just depends. I think that, you know, if everything goes as kind of everybody's sort of projecting it and there's no real surprises early on, I think they sit tight and let one of them fall in their lap. Uh, but if you see somebody start to jump or, the, you know, the Cardinals take Lamb at eight or somebody else jumps up for a receiver or, you know, gets ahead of them like that, I, I think you could see a move up there to, and 10 would be the sweet spot for them to, uh, to make that move. I, I think they're on Henry Ruggs or, or Jerry Judy. Um, probably Judy then Ruggs in terms of order. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think they'd hesitate to make that move, but I think they're comfortable with any of the big three, and if they think they can stay put, they will. Ben, I'll get you out of here on this one. Uh, you know, we we find how much we miss sports, and, and tonight will be the first sports that we will see where we don't know the outcome of since, what, Rudy Gobert? Uh, it's been that long since we've had sports that we don't know the outcome of. I, I think this has a potential to be the highest-rated draft by a wide margin. Oh, yeah. um, in terms of your audience and, and where you are out in Denver, just the thirst for this draft tonight is as palpable as it is for us? Hey, I think so. Uh, the last live sporting event I remember that night was Rudy Gobert, and the, the Nuggets were playing that game uh, as that news was breaking. We were actually on the air, and, and – um, so that's that's the last live sporting event I think I really remember um, watching. I, out here, yeah, they're they're thirsty for it. They're, you know, all kinds yeah. of stuff has cropped up. Uh, alternative sports, you know, things like that. Uh, so it's it's interesting. I, I suspect we probably will see a gigantic spike in the ratings tonight. Going to be fun. Love having you on, buddy. Thank you so much for some of your time today. Absolutely, guys. Take care. Let's go. That's our good buddy Benjamin Albright, uh, NFL insider and award-winning host at KOA in denver yeah it's got all of it it really does tonight i can't it's wait gonna be fun. it's gonna be so exciting i can't wait to uh to be focused up and, and ready to go on these things so it's gonna I think be we're gonna get time. playoff game i'm backing off a little bit of my super bowl rating prediction but i think it's gonna be it's gonna be high 
It is going to be a massive so, number. It, the over under is is it is it everyone seems to be settling around 16 million, 17 million. That's I think it'll be above. I I, I think it'll be 20, 2021, be something like yeah, that. That'd be huge. Yeah, okay. yeah. I mean, last year I think it was seven. Yeah, yeah I think it has a potential to be two and a half times, uh, upwards of three times what it was in in past years. We're we're just so hungry for it, and I think if you just look at the last dance numbers, which again, this is stuff we know this history. It was just new sports content we hadn't seen before, and we were that hungry for that. Uh, this is the fortunes of NFL teams, which is our our nation's passion being decided uh, on a fr- on a Thursday night, and a Friday night, and a Saturday afternoon. Going to be a lot of fun. Final segment up next: CBD A fifty ESPN Cleveland. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on eight fifty ESPN Cleveland. Join the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network tonight starting at 8. Complete coverage of the 2020 NFL Draft. Ken Carver, Nathan Segura, Dustin Fox bring you day one of the draft with appearances from Jim Donovan, our draft picks, front office staff, coaches, and more. Here we are, buddy. We're here. Think of all the work you have ahead of you. <laughs> I know. I'm trying. I got a lot of stuff going on. I heard you guys were talking about the the satellite trucks that are at people's houses, and that was actually when we were talking with Daniel Jeremiah when his satellite truck actually showed up yesterday. That's what he yeah. he said in the middle of our interview. So, yeah, we got a lot going on. I really do hope all you guys join us today uh, at 6 o'clock for the Browns virtual draft party. It is going to be a ton of fun, lots of interviews, a lot of interactivity with you, the Browns fans. You can register at clumebrowns.com. It'll be on all the social media platforms. You can check it out, the YouTube channel, of course, uh, youtube.com slash browns. It's going to be awesome. J.W. Johnson. Joe Thomas, Mac Wilson, uh, country music superstar Brad Paisley, Dane Brugler, all the latest that's going on. Because listen, by the 3 o'clock to 7 to 6, there's going to be a ton of crazy stories and rumors that have come out in the last three hours. You know that's going to be the case. And then 7 o'clock on News 5, Browns Countdown Draft Preview Special. So please tune into that. And then radio, 8 to midnight on the University Hospitals, Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Uh, It's going to be a blast. And I'm excited for tonight because... This is the next step. It's the next piece of the puzzle for Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski to put together a team that delivers a winning product to the best fans in the NFL who deserve it more than any other. And I think this is another step down there. We had a great free agency period, and now we need to follow it up with another great draft period. And I think there's going to be an absolute a bevy of opportunities to do that. And what's cool about it is, as I said in that scenarios piece, There are a lot of different ways to do this. There are so many different ways. You can address left tackle at 10. You can address left tackle by trading back and getting Austin Jackson and Ezra Cleveland. You can address left tackle by signing Jason Peters for a year and deciding, you know, we'll deal with left tackle in another year. You could deal with left tackle by trading for Trent Williams. There are four. That's four ways to deal with left tackle in this one alone. You could sign Cordy Glenn. They're another free agent. So there are a lot of opportunities to do that. There's so much receiver talent in this draft. There's, you know, the safety talent lines up, I think, a lot with what you would look for and what you want. There's just a lot to like if you're the Browns and an opportunity to not only bring in great players, bring in maybe even more than you thought you would when you started the day because, as you've touched on correctly many times today, that's it is a a pressure point where the Browns pick at number yeah. 10. That's going to be there will be a lot of uh, people interested in that spot, depending on who's on the board. There certainly will. And it does feel like, uh, you know, sometimes <laughs> kismet, right? You end up with you end up with a front office and a three most powerful people in football who are just very comfortable in this 
environment. And not only comfortable in this environment, but they're comfortable and all on the same page from an alignment standpoint and from a thought process standpoint. So while other organizations uh, may have, you know, a coach who wants one thing or a GM or ownership here, when you talk about Depot and AB and Stefanski, step in step, man. And the processes yep. are in place, and you just apply and you draft it away you go. Yep. Um, and that wouldn't have been the, – the, the, the anxiety would have been different a year ago if, if that front office were, were in, in doing this from a remote standpoint and trying to hook up. With no it would have been a very different it. feeling yes. uh, than, than what you have, the confidence that you have coming into this. I have no doubt that what they want to do when it is their pick at 10 will be executed. It will be yep. executed. Yep. Um, and, and in probably relative short order. Uh, Gibby wants one bold prediction out of you, Z, for tonight's draft. All right, if you just want for a fun, for a bold prediction, it'll be that the Browns fun trade bold. for Trent Williams and draft Isaiah Simmons, and then we can all God. go party in the streets. That'll what be bold. We do? <laughs> I don't know what we would do. My, my more realistic bold prediction is, though, that I think the Browns will select a wide receiver with one of their first three picks, which I don't think a lot of people two weeks ago, I don't think we were talking about that at all. And as we yeah. get closer to it, that's I'm starting. I feel that that's you know likely. Now I've also told you I have less insight into what the Browns are actually going to do than ever. It just seems that <laughs> right. when you when you look at the needs, you look at this draft, and you look at what you want to do, and you take a step back and say, okay, from a philosophical standpoint, I don't think we're going to go linebacker early, which would look like on paper no. the biggest need. Then it would say to me that that receiver makes a lot of sense. What about you? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think I think receiver in the second round makes a ton of sense uh, based on this. And if, if you want to go bold, maybe a receiver in the first. Who knows? It, it, it could go that way um, tonight. And that's really the beauty of this. My fingers crossed for Dosudos. We've only been talking about him since. I think I first told you before the, the Ohio State Clemson game. I said, watch 11 in orange. You did? You're going to like him. You did. You're going like, to like 11 way. in orange. Seldom wrong and right again, Bo Bishop. Seldom wrong and right again. Going to be fun. Uh, you you stay sane. you got a big lot on your plate tonight, buddy. We're back tomorrow for more fun. The next level is coming up next. CBD 850 ESPN Cleveland. You've been listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, a production of the Cleveland Browns and ESPN 850 WKNR.